Welcome to the Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name is Jeremy. My name's Adam. And we're here today to talk about Star Wars. Episode 9. Star Wars. The end of Star Wars. There's not going to be any more Star Wars after this. Star Wars. Um, This might be, a, I feel like the entire internet's probably, well, I think we're late. We're late. We're definitely way late to the party here, so... Uh, I would Yeah, what happened is I got sick. Yeah. Because we were prepared to do this episode, I think, like the Monday after the weekend of the opening. It would have been within one week, within one week of its release. We yeah. had seen it and we were prepped to talk about it. So now we're two and a half weeks out. I, I was sick for like two solid weeks. Yeah. And uh, now I'm, I don't know that I can. It's going to be difficult for me to recall some stuff. I have some some uh, visions in my mind of things that I saw and uh, impressions that I had. <clears throat> but uh, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll what talk. Was, what was what was your uh, what was your theater experience? I'm, I'm start from the. I'm, the hey, I'm setting up our agenda. You're still Adam. setting it up. Come still on. setting up the agenda. We'll talk about Star Wars All Episode right. Nine. We'll talk a little bit about Mandalorian. <laughs> And then I think we've got some some little extra bonus content Star Warsy stuff that we'll talk about. That's so that there, there you go. Mandalorian? I don't know. It's a show on Disney Plus. Oh, you mean Baby Yoda? <laughs> you know, that's what I exactly what I said. Uh, one of my coworkers was talking about the Mandalorian. I'm like, I'm not I'm not aware of that show. The only show I know is called Baby Yoda, and she's like, What? No, it's called Mandalorian. I'm like, No, it's called Baby Yoda. She thought I was being serious. And I am. It's totally. Just, but we'll we'll talk about that uh, in a in a bit. Uh, yeah. So so theater experience. Uh, I went to an eight thirty a.m. Oh, yeah. showing. Before before you start, mm-hmm. uh, we got to we got to do the spoiler announcement. Oh oh. Um, you, if if you if you've not seen the movie, you're probably not listening to this podcast. But just in case, and also the, for the Mandalorian, we already spoiled Baby Yoda. <laughs> We're gonna be spoiling stuff. Yeah, that's that's so, a fair point. I'm sorry about that whole baby Yoda thing because that's that's like the um that's the last part the of episode minute you 1. You said the Mandalorians like they everybody shut it off. Yeah. Well, or hopefully they've just watched it all. Although I imagine there's not everybody has Disney Plus and, and maybe they're just queuing it up for like, yeah, I'll get I'll get around to that." You can't avoid baby Yoda. No, at this baby Yoda is everywhere. A, I'm actually yeah. a little shocked that I guess they didn't have enough time or they didn't uh, anticipate the overwhelming success of Baby Yoda, but I don't think there was a lot of Christmas merch for Baby Yoda. There was none, and they did it on purpose. Oh, really? They lost a ton of money, but uh, they basically wanted to not have it spoiled, so they didn't release any merch. They didn't let anybody know about it, and they wanted it to be... Uh, a surprise to everybody. Uh, make, that, so they knew in advance that they were going to lose money. Yeah, I feel but like I think they've already made it all back because there's like it's the number one pre-order on Amazon is like every single Baby Yoda toy. Absolutely, yeah. Whatever they didn't make on the front end, they're going to be making up hand over fist on the back end. So yeah, spoilers. I what John Favreau said his reason for that was he, he, it had something to do with watching something specific. It's also the the reason that they did it weekly was because he wanted to do that. St- talking about it over the water cooler sort of feeling. We're already talking about the Mandalorian. Maybe we should start with the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It's all about okay. Star Wars Episode Nine. So my theater experience, I went to an 8.30 showing on a Friday, or maybe it was a Monday. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. But in the theater, it was a, it was a 
day off of school. So it was like winter break type deal. Um, so I think it was the 23rd. Uh, and uh, the theater was practically empty. Um, the theaters where I live, you uh, all of them, you pre- you buy your tickets online and you pick your seat. Um, hardly mm-hmm. anybody buys a ticket anymore at the box office, although you can, you're just going to get crappy seats. But uh, in this experience, there was hardly anybody in the theater, which was like, yes, awesome. And it was in the, the biggest uh, screen that we had at this particular theater. Uh, and I saw as we were walking in, oh, and I had choice to the seats, like hardly anybody had chosen seats. So we were like dead center of the theater. Like we were enough aisles back and, Uh, the center of the theater. I basically had like the middle seat uh, in the entire movie theater. I was like, yes, awesome. Uh, So as we were entering the theater out of the side of my eye, I saw a father probably in his 30s, 30, maybe mid 30s with a little kid. And he was like off to the side. And I was like, perfect. This guy gets it. He brought his kid, probably knows his kid's going to be a little squirrely. And he's just, he's just kind of keeping it away from everybody else. I can respect that. And I continue (laughs) to walk to my seat, sit down uh, with my kid and and we're getting ready to watch the movie. And I was like, Ooh, ooh." you know, I I had some coffee, right? Trailers are still going, which I want to talk about the trailers that, that preceded my movie viewing. When Did you get chance. like 20, 20 to 30 minutes of trailers? Uh, well, yeah, that's that's like the thing now. That's how they make the attempt to make their money. So, yeah, you go to a two and a half hour movie and you're there for like three hours and 15 minutes by the time everything's said and done. So yeah. I said, I don't want to have to go to the bathroom during the middle of this movie. So I'm like, I'll be right back. So I excused myself and I went to the bathroom and then I came back and the mid 30s man and his three year old boy were sitting right next to us. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what? The movie started and you just decided that since these seats were empty, you were just going to come take them? And uh, there was a very squirrely three-year-old a seat away from me. He didn't make noise, but he was like moving and crawling Ugh. and fidgety. And Ugh. I was like, oh, yeah. So it wasn't the worst. Like the worst movie theater experience that I've had uh involving children was when i saw the first transformers movie like a (laughs) pair of guys like a dad and his friend probably brought a three another three-year-old and uh that kid was just making noise and banging on seats and oh it's like (sighs) take 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 it outside I swear, 2018, not this year for me, was the like worst theater-going experience year for me. So much that I, I believe I've only seen three movies in the theater this year because I'm just sick of it. Yeah, well, and and the movie or the the movies that you saw in the theater were they all Marvel and Star Wars movies? It was Captain Marvel because I had to prepare for Avengers, mm-hmm. Avengers. Mm-hmm. And Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that that's probably my movie going experience. I mean, the theater these days <clears throat> is, <clears throat> excuse me, for the Disney movies <laughs> at this yeah, point. Yeah, pretty much. It's, uh, I, you know, I really enjoy watching your artsy indie movies, and I feel like we've talked about a handful of them, but most of them look great on my 50-inch, 58-inch LED TV that I don't need to see that on a huge screen. All you got to see is special effects and event movies. Pretty much. Pretty much. What was your theater going experience? Uh, Interesting. You should bring up the the theaters where you have uh, like you don't have to sit in assigned seats. So this was a stadium seating where normally 
you don't have assigned seats, but they actually, I think just for Star Wars, made this theater, because it wasn't like the fancy seats. Mm. It was just normal seats in a stadium theater that they assigned labels to, or like uh, uh, seat places to, so that you would have to sit somewhere. Mm. It it felt like a Star Wars specific thing, because I've never had to do that in that theater before. All of our theaters, interesting. All of our theaters here have recliners, which is pretty nice. So I, all of our theaters except for this one have recliners. Okay. And this one's probably my favorite one. Interesting. Um, and I, I don't have a thing. I like the, I like the recliners. Yeah, the yeah. Recliners are fine, but I also like just old-fashioned stadium seating. Yeah. Anyway, the, uh, the theater was packed. It was opening night. Um, I bought tickets almost last minute, so I was lucky to find. Uh, seats like that were smack dab in the middle. Okay, which was nice. Front row and um, uh, not front row. I was <laughs> in the. It was a uh, uh, second to back row, which for me is perfect. Oh, that, I, um, I am a. There, there's one theater that we have, and anytime we get a movie in that particular theater, there's like these two cubby seats that are kind of a little to the left of the projector, but nobody <laughs> ever sits in them because they're so far back, and it looks like an awkward space. But when you get into the theater. You, you have perfect uh, periphery to all the speakers and you're just like, there's nobody behind you like munching or kicking and, yeah. and you can just see everything. I, I am a big fan of sitting as far back in the theater as possible uh, if the middle middle is not available. It's like having a giant mm. TV. Yeah. Kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the there were some, some guys behind us who were like chatting through almost all the trailers, all 30 minutes of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were, they shut up during, as soon as the movie started, everybody in the theater shut up and was respectful. And I think the thing for me is you have to go see it opening night or opening weekend so that people don't talk because anytime after that you risk people having already seen the movie and then that's like licensed to be blah, 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 Mr. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I and that drives me crazy. Feel like due to the reservation nature of our theaters, the amount of people that just go to hang out at the movie theater has been cut down. Because uh, my biggest thing now is people just crunching on their popcorn or crinkling their wrappers. There's been very yeah. few occasions where I've had to glare at somebody because they're just chatting through the movie. Or bringing a freaking meal to the theater. Well, <laughs> you ever get those guys who come in and they have like a full like chicken sandwich? So we have uh, in our theater, we've got there's the eatery theater where you can you can sit down and a, a waiter will come by during the trailers. And well, that's different, though. That's that's like people are spaced apart, right? Well, uh, it's no, I mean, they, they, they have a uh, it's the same recliners, <clears throat> but they bring you a tray that's like form fitted to kind of sit on the arm uh, mm. and then be like a little tray in front of you but you're I mean you you get more space uh with the recliners than you do with the stadium seating kind of from the get-go but there's no I additional like seating that though you know what you're getting into exactly so so I can forgive that so we've got that theater and I try desperately hard not to sit in that theater because it's just kind of gross and how well can they clean all those seats and all they're serving is like pizza and deep fried food However, you can go to, they have like a bar and then they have a restaurant and you can order a meal and a beer or a mixed drink or a soda, whatever you want to order. And you can take all of that into any theater you want. So you can be sitting there eating a pizza or your chicken sandwich or your like sticky honey barbecue boneless wings. And that is icky to me. 
it's especially icky when the people arrive and the movie started and they're you they come with this amount of food and they're just like for the first act they're just gulping away and you're yeah. just sitting next to them going come on fortunately i've not had gulpers uh surrounding me which is awesome but crinklers ooh, the crinklers with their with the their crinklers twizzlers. Are, are, are bothersome i was like just rip the thing like... open <laughs> the older i get the less uh tolerance i have for that kind of stuff oh absolutely same here same here um but outside so the, the uh so the kid wasn't noisy so i can kind of forgive him for that but so squirrely and and just having that kind of out of the corner of my eye i'm like oh please please settle down and he like he would like the he, he had the recliner up so eventually he would go like underneath this recliner as like a tent and as a three-year-old of course you're like i want to be down here right uh, or he would be <laughs> there's like railings uh in front of your feet and then below the railings are more seats uh so this kid's like hanging over the railing and there's like a, another person like below the railing i was like dude you gotta like i see your kid how are you not seeing your kid and every now and then he'd be why like would, oh he'd get startled and he'd grab his kid back and put him back in the seat why would he sit directly next to you there's if there was like other rows there were so many seats so many empty is, seats and i, I like I, I, maybe it's just because i like movies i like i and i respect the theater experience that if I were to go to a movie and have like a squirrely kid, like I would totally like we're, we'll be off in the corner as far away from people as possible. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I'll still be annoyed that this kid can't sit still. <laughs> but anyways, um, some people just are oblivious to that whole thing. The, the theater is dying, Adam. Come on. Let's let's be honest. Yeah, it definitely mm-hmm. is. So uh, trailers, though, I was I was like, oh, we got to get there because I knew that there was going to be 30 minutes of trailers. I was like we got to get there and watch all the trailers like can you wait? Like there's going to be so many Marvel movies and they're probably going to, I don't know, like uh, promote Mandalorian or other things of that nature. It was a very dull trailer uh, experience. And what was super weird is we had a Wonder Woman trailer before Star Wars. Yeah. I think they're, I think they're promoting everything that's out. It's, it's, it seems like a very dull season right now. Like even the, we had the Black Widow trailer. Yeah. We had that, I think. Looks okay. Yeah. I'll go see Um, it. The Dis- the Disney movies that are out now are coming out now aren't all that interesting. We had a lot of kid friendly stuff that just looked kind of boring. Yeah. There's that that uh, the new movie by the guy who does all those philosophical movies that everybody loves that I don't think are very good. Um, the Interstellar guy. Oh. That his his new movie you couldn't make heads or tails of what the trailer was about. Who is that? Um, uh, Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. I don't. I'm sure I saw the trailer, but it must have been forgettable. It was something about time. I don't know. Yeah. You couldn't really tell what was going on. It was just supposed to intrigue you and be like, oh, it's a Christopher Nolan movie. Gotta go see that. Yeah. I feel like he's a little bit overrated. Yeah. He's he's like the uh the stupid man's philosopher. <laughs> yeah. Who did the who did the was it called the machinist? I uh, I don't know who did that. That was the one with Christian Bale, right? Christian Bale was in it, but I didn't know if Christopher Nolan, because those guys are usually attached at the hip when they do I don't things. I think he did that Okay. One. That was a good movie. But uh, anyways, not really related to what we're talking about. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I Interstellar didn't do... I thought it was neat, but it didn't really do much for me. Yeah, they're all kind of the same, which is like... These supposedly heady plots that are really just disguised as action films. He did Inception too, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I guess same deal. He, he, like, I guess 
the thing about his movies is that they are kind of must see because everybody else sees them. And if you want to be a part of what the culture is talking about, it kind of feels like you need to go see those things. That's true. But because... I feel like his movies are completely overrated. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't disagree. Except, except, except for Batman Returns. Bat- no. Whichever say. one has the Joker in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Dark Knight Rises. No. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Batman Returns. That's close, right? Yeah, but that's only for Heath Ledger. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's well, it's a solid movie, and it's also got a great performance by Heath Ledger, which honestly, I don't know. I've never, I've never thought his performance as the Joker is all that great. Really? Um, I don't think he should have won an Academy Award for it. I don't think he would have had he not passed away. The new Joker uh, movie is winning all sorts of awards. I haven't seen it. Oh, neither um, have I. I've heard good things about it, yeah. but I haven't uh, seen it. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, I also liked the third Batman movie. I know there's some problems with it, but I liked that one too. Bane was a good character. It was, it was sort of a, it was a bit of a mess. There's some problems with it, but I I, I, I would classify myself as a fan of that movie. I would put uh, the one with the Joker ahead of it, uh, but I liked it. Anyways, yeah, Christopher Nolan. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, so those were the trailers. I was, yeah, it was a mediocre batch of uh, com- uh, trailers, I thought, which was disappointing. Sorry, man. Yeah, it's not your I'll fault. I'll try harder next time. <laughs> so, so Star Wars, Rise of the Skywalkers, Skywalkers Return. Not a very good title. The Skywalker Strikes Back. Uh, overall, I don't know how to do this. I don't know that we can necessarily walk through it because I don't know that either one of us can, uh, remember the movie from start to finish. So, so maybe we'll just like, just blast it all on out there. Yeah. I think we're going to have to just skip all and like, I remember this. (laughs) So my overall impression, uh, I didn't, I didn't hate it. Uh, Maybe let's, let's back, take a step back. Uh, and, and kind of recap, like, I, I feel like both you and I kind of nitpicked around as we do, uh, the force awakens, but overall, I think we both enjoyed it. Yeah. I think right? we both, we both agreed that the, the, the force awakens was great at the end of the day. Yeah, after, yeah. after the end of that, we were like, yeah, it was great. It was It felt like star yeah. Wars. And I think, I think the, 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 the force awakens to me was like the, the shot in the arm that the star Wars franchise needed to kind of like get that engine going and get everybody like, Oh yeah, it's not about the phantom menace. This is star Wars. And then, and then, uh, the next, the dark force rises. The last Jedi came out, which, and then, um, which we were kind of split on. I mean, I, I liked it a lot. You didn't dislike it as I recall, but it wasn't like you had a lot of reservations. Let's say I had a lot of reservations and I rewatched it, uh, prior to watching the rise of Skywalker. Because uh, I wanted to, first of all, I was like, I couldn't remember if I'd seen it just once or if I'd seen it twice uh, prior. And I was like, well, I, I know in talking with Adam, like, I, I had a lot of problems with it. So I rewatched it just to wonder, like, well, maybe after it's been a like, year and a half, two years, or however long it's been, you know, maybe maybe I'll, seeing it with new eyes or in a different time in my life or right before this new movie, maybe I'll have a different, pre- or whatever. Um, I don't like that movie. <laughs> There's very little of it that I like. Um, so <laughs> my, I, I guess my opinion there kind of stays the same. Uh, I still like it, but I like it less. Okay. That's kind of what's going to be my question. You, I feel like you were a fan 
of it at the time that we did that recording two years ago, however long ago that was. I was definitely a fan of it. Um, I still enjoy about 80% of it. Which 80% Um, do you enjoy? I like the Kylo Ren stuff. I like the Ray stuff. I like the Luke stuff. Um, And I like Finn as a lead character of a movie, but I feel like they really didn't know what to do with him. Yeah. And then the Poe and the Haldo stuff is kind of messy. It's It's terrible. It's it's not terrible. It's terrible. I I disagree with you there. It's not terrible. (laughs) It's It's just not handled well. It suffers from that. The the last Jedi suffers from the same thing that the prequels suffer from, which is you imagine, you see what they're going for. And in your mind, it's better than what they actually give you. Yeah. And then, yeah, I guess you have to wonder like, could it ever be as good as the the movie in my mind? The answer is probably no. But then you're kind of like, well, but if they would have just changed this thing. But there's a million people on the internet that if they could have changed just one thing and the one thing that everybody wants changed is probably something different, you know, depending yeah. on who you ask. But I will agree. Uh, so I liked, upon rewatching it, um, I liked the Luke stuff. I liked what they were trying to do. I feel like it could have been handled just a little bit better. Uh, and I feel like the last Jedi or the force awakens did them no favors. Um, no, absolutely. It was, it was, here's the, the, the thing I'll say about Ryan Johnson as the director of the last Jedi and writer is that he thought a lot about what he did before he did it. Like he basically, I feel like he took the ins and outs of like character arcs and looked at the force awakens and figured out what he had to do. He looked at the empire strikes back. He looked at the return of the Jedi and he did what he felt was right. And a lot of people probably did disagree with that, but at least he thought, you get that feeling that he really put a lot of uh, heart and thought into it. I, whether or not it turns out a good movie, that's, that's a different story. Yeah. I, I don't think Ryan Johnson set out to make a bad movie. I don't think he, sat there with his pen and paper going like, ooh, this is going to piss everybody off. I can't wait for them to, for us to film this and this. So yeah, I'm sure his, his heart was absolutely in the right place. And I, I think his theme or his thesis of the movie was scrap everything, what's next? Like forget about everything you know. Like let's just like, let's sew up some of these things and let's just go into a new place. Um, I kind of liked the ending of Force Awakens where it's this, you know, kind of a ragtag band of rebels. There's like, 30 of them sitting in the Millennium Falcon. You're almost like, all right, the next movie is going to be like about these, this little small group of characters. Uh, in the end of last Jedi or last Jedi. That's, right? Yeah. Sorry. At the end of the last Jedi, I thought the next movie would kind of start off. It could be a year or two later, but it would be kind of centralized around those survivors of all of the space chase that occurred in last Jedi. And right. I don't know where they would go from there, but obviously overthrow the, the, the the whoever they are <laughs> the empire and, and he he also the the first order he <clears throat> yes. also leaves it off in a place where kylo ren has now the supreme leader of the, the 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 first order which to me is like a really interesting idea he has gone up through the ranks and now he is he is the one and you know they're going to do a redemption story because they basically set it up in last jedi um and it was interesting. It was an interesting place. It was like, where are they going to go from here? Yeah, I don't know. 
So there's a lot of stuff I didn't like getting to that moment, but once they got, to, like, I really liked that moment. Um, I and it, it it also took the focus off of the original trilogy and put it on the new characters, and I liked that about it because I want these movies to be about the new characters. Yeah, and I think the problem again goes back to the um, Force Awakens. So the Force Awakens had to do two things. It had to rejuvenate the franchise, get everybody reinterested in it. The other thing it should have done that it didn't do, and again, I'm just one of a million people on the internet, is it should have, I don't know, it should have truncated itself down to like the first 30 minutes and then been about the new characters, if if that makes any sense. Because, uh, I, I mean, I think... We don't... I'm going to fast forward just a little bit. I don't think... The movie that we saw, The um, Sky, Rise of Skywalker, it has so had so much potential to be the outline for the entire trilogy. And I, the way I can explain that is I really wish, rather than introducing us to Supreme Leader Snoke, who's a mystery, if we could have just been introduced to the fact that there's a new emperor out there or a clone emperor or the emperor survived the Death Star or whatever it is that the mystery around the emperor and Snoke could have been there as as whatever he was. But too much like mystery and whatever was put around that character and then he's killed, which kind of takes away like, oh, it doesn't matter. Well, and I they didn't they didn't plan anything out. That's I mean, and that's I think that's I think that's what I'm driving at is that I really feel like I wonder if J.J. Abrams, as he's writing the third one, I wonder if he's looking back saying, boy, if I could have done it differently. Because the thing that I, one of the things I really liked about the uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker is the relationship between the characters, the Poe, Finn, and Rey. They have like, there was a chemistry there. They had some really great banter. Uh, You could tell that there was like a relationship there. I don't know that that relationship was necessarily earned. Uh, And I'll take it, let me just make my correlation back to like the original trilogy. And I I think it's obvious there that that's a character driven story with some special effects wrapped around it. But you see the evolution of all of those characters relationships, right? At first, they kind of standoffish, they're arguing, Uh, you get them a little bit closer in Empire Strikes Back. And by Return of the Jedi, they're like old buddies, right? They they have inside jokes. And they're like, Oh, here we go again, right? And and they tried to get us to that point in the Rise of Skywalker, but it and it worked because uh, those those actors are are good actors, uh, and they really sold that dialogue and that relationship. But like it w- wasn't earned through the other movies, which I really wish we could have gotten elements of all three movies just reorganized in such a way that we and we we introduce Palpatine, we introduce these characters, we get a little bit of Luke, we get a little bit of Han, we get a little bit of Leia, but they they either are retired or doing senatorial stuff or die or whatever they do and then the stories really just kind of focus around our new characters so that by the time we get to the end of the third movies, uh Finn, Rey and Poe are as synonymous with Star Wars as Han, Luke and Leia and I don't think that they are and they, I don't think they ever will be because I think they I were agree. underwritten. They, 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 the, there's a there. I, I I feel exactly the same way. There is a lack of there is a there's missing potential there. There is so much potential with those three characters, and it I feel like uh, it was it was let down by the trilogy that we were served. Yeah. 
So elements of the Rise of Skywalker that I liked, I, I liked the fact that that the Emperor is like behind it all the the, the the whole time. I guess I would have really liked that to have been set up in the first movie, so we could have been exploring so, so that. Let's talk for a second about all like the third the third movie has to do. It has to be a sequel to the Last Jedi. Yeah. It has to wrap up a trilogy. Yep. It has to wrap up a nine part Skywalker saga. It's it's a lot. Oh, and again, it 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 is it, yeah, it's a monumental task, but it's a monumental. It has task, to be its own story. But it's 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 a monumental task that's not done any favors by any of its sequels, and it's not. Yeah. I don't want to say I don't put on. I don't want to say this is Ryan Johnson's fault because Last Jedi didn't really get any favors from the uh, Force Awakens. So again, if like all this was outlined, and if Ryan Johnson could have been handed like an like a like just a bare skeleton of like, this is what we kind of need to happen. And by the end, we need to be set up for these other story points. You do go, go crazy, do whatever you want. Uh, light speed to take out a star destroyer, go nuts. But we kind of just, need right, to you, gave me, this you gave me spot. a really interesting idea. Somebody should re-edit all three of these movies to be one particular piece and just <laughs> rearrange it so that the emperor is there at the beginning. Uh, Snoke, I guess has to be there yeah. depending on how you do it. I think it, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it could, it could be interesting. It, it's probably impossible, mm. but it would be an interesting challenge to like edit this all in a different order. So it slows down and you get a more organic relationship between all the characters. Mm -hmm. I feel like there are elements in all three movies uh, that, that was one of the first things I thought of when I got out of the theater is like, boy, there was a lot of potential there. Like the whole plot of the movie I, I liked, but I just felt like a lot of things were rushed because like you said, we're trying to, we're trying to end the trilogy. We're trying to build our own story and we're trying to just end this entire saga all in one, two and a half hour chunk. It was a lot to do again, spread out and repaced. I feel like you could create a different trilogy that sets things up, creates the relationships probably with the majority of the material you already have. Maybe mm -hmm. with some deleted scenes. Who knows? I, I think, yeah, you could. Use, I mean, you could use all the material that is there, probably. Yeah. Well, um, I would. I would. You, ju you I just would, need to reorganize it. I would cut the Canto bite scene out, but. <laughs> well, you could just make it more. Uh, you could make. You could. You could. You could tighten it up. Yeah. So yeah, because I because I, 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 th I think the Canto bite like you can't eliminate it completely because you get you get that really cool idea that there is uh, there are Jedi's in the in the world that are still being born. Sure. And they're not related to the Skywalkers. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I would almost say you could edit out the entire Canto Bite scene. And during the celebration where we see Ewoks again, spoilers, and we see all the planets cheering about the explosion of the Emperor, you could cut in the kid with the force and the broom. That's all you need of Canto maybe, Bite. Maybe, maybe that's the final <laughs> scene. Right. Sure. Um. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to say. It was a, it was a lot to process. Um, it was I, too much to process and it moved so quickly that it was difficult to process it. It was like you, you, you couldn't really focus on one thing before they moved on to the other thing. The plot was incomprehensible. They had to find a thing to find another thing that required them to lose all the data of a thing. And then they had to, you get C3PO to find the thing to find another thing. And then they had to find the death star. And it was just like, yeah, I feel like, uh, JJ Abrams desperately wanted to do return of the Jedi. 
He did a new yeah, hope. Yeah. And he really wanted to do return of the Jedi. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. And, and so he, he took all of the pieces. So, so uh, the, the first thing I said when I got done with the movie, I, I turned to Veronica and I said, well, for a train wreck, that was, that was pretty fun. <laughs> it was and she, fun. She turned to me and, uh, which, and she said, uh, they should have called that Star Wars damage control. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. Yeah. Cause that's exactly what it was. It was like, let's take all the things that we didn't like about the last Jedi and, and flush it, change them yeah. and then keep all the things that we liked and, and weave them into this story. And that was like, and that, that's the one thing that like really irks me about, uh, the rise of Skywalker is that all of the stuff that, Maybe not all of it, but some a lot of the stuff that they change to undo the last Jedi does not service the plot. It doesn't it doesn't need to happen. A lot of Kylo it's... putting back his helmet, totally unnecessary. Yeah. Well, that, that adds nothing to anything. I think I think I mean I think I think I hear what you're saying. Um because Ryan Johnson his idea was like we don't need this. Like I'm a new person away with the old stuff, away with what you knew moving forward. But the reason he destroys his helmet in last Jedi is because, uh, what's his face? Snoke shames him. And he says, you're, you're a, you're a kid in a mask. Yeah. And he, he feels ashamed of that. And so he stops wearing the mask. Well, that's, that's, I don't, I don't understand why he goes back to the mask. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Well, that's the character's motivation, but I think Ryan Johnson's motivation was to like, let's scrap this stuff and let's move on to new stories and stuff. But, um, yeah, but that's the thing is like, at least Ryan Johnson had character motivation behind his choices. Whereas this didn't seem to the whole thing with, uh, Ray as a big spoiler is Palpatine's granddaughter. Uh, Let's that was, totally unnecessary (laughs) that did not need to be in this movie they could have done the exact same story they could have brought back palpatine they could have had ray turning to the dark side they could have had her fighting palpatine at the end they could have had her the embodiment of all the jedi all of that could have been there they didn't need to be palpatine's granddaughter because they already set up in the last movie that she was nobody and that i feel like that was betrayed yeah, I don't know, Adam. I, I, I agree and I disagree. I mean, I, I do agree, but I, I think it all it all comes from the first movie, The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens, like, J.J. Um, Abrams, for no reason whatsoever, set up all these mysteries. All these things, like, where'd the lightsaber come from? Who's Ray? Why is Kylo because wearing this helmet? All these things that I do. That's what J.J. Abrams is really good at. What he's not really good at is ending things. No, I know. And so I think Ryan Johnson came along and he's like, Jesus, all right, well, it's, this is nothing. <laughs> and uh, I won't even deal with the lightsaber in this movie and uh, blah, blah, blah. And then I think when it, when, when it didn't do so well and Disney begged J.J. Abrams to come back, he was like, whoa, but I wanted to do something with this. Like, oh, you undid the thing I wanted to do. So yeah, he got to like put his things back in, which just kind of makes the movies look like they're fighting with each other. Exactly. Which is a disaster. I mean, I agree. You know, it's, it's... I completely agree. And I, I, that I, yeah, I, I guess I blame, you got to blame somebody, right? I guess I blame the producers of, for not like, saying like look this is we spent four billion dollars on this property you can't just let's, write let's, 
a movie with a bunch of open-ended mysteries and like no plan like you look at right you look at the avengers and i i can't say that they had a huge map that went as far as that as they are today with iron man i think they made iron man with the idea of like holy crap if we can get iron man made this is going to be awesome and then very slowly off of that they started making more and more maps and probably bigger and uh, badder maps as they as they went on but by the time you get to the seconds avengers movie you've got a big map that says this is is where spider-man's going this is where thor's going and hulk's going this is what we're going to do with all these characters and they're all going to come together in endgame like they had a plan but they gave their writers and the directors some level of freedom i'm sure there was some board meeting decisions of like oh you can't have that person do that because we need that person to do this in this other movie but i don't know how you take star wars which is like a far more well-known property than Marvel comics characters and be like, yeah, here you go. Do whatever you want. Well, I think partially, yeah, it's the Marvel thing. Partially it's the fact that George Lucas obviously didn't know what he was doing when he wrote the first three. Like clearly he didn't know in the second one until like, he didn't know that Luke and Leia were brother and sister until the third movie. That is evident by watching the second movie. Well, yeah. So I think it was kind of like, well, we can do this by the seat of our pants too. As I understand it, and, you know, I'm not in the know or anything, but, like, Lawrence Kasdan, after doing The Force Awakens, did write out a, this is what, this is the kind of direction we're going in. And Ryan Johnson saw that and said, uh, I can't, I don't want to use any of this. I want to do my own thing. Sure. Now, to the, to what you're saying, that's when a producer should have stepped in and said, no. Right. <laughs> we need to be this one cohesive piece, but... They did not, and now we have this, like you said, it was, it was like three movies that are kind of fighting with each other. Now, on the other I hand, think, the producers... I don't think J.J. Abrams should have been allowed to write the last one after he turned in a draft that was clearly a sequel to The Force Awakens right. and not necessarily The Last Jedi. I think Ryan Johnson should have written the last one, and then J.J. Abrams should have rewritten the last one Take on top of it. Or something. Uh, yeah, and, and that way you actually have a more of a consistency. And I think we can armchair quarterback this all we want. Uh, but yeah. I think Solo, the producers stepped in and said, we don't like what you're doing. And then we ended up with Solo, which I, yeah, I didn't, which was great. I didn't mind Solo, but I, we, I guess we both liked it. Yeah, I guess the Internet didn't like it. So now there's no more solos. I feel like the, the failure of Solo was again because of The Last Jedi. The the internet and the 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 Star Wars fanboys have a hard on mad on for the Last Jedi. Yeah, and and the internet has kind of ruined Star Wars. It's just like, it's not. It's all about like hating it now. I don't know what happened. Star Wars used to be about fun. Even the prequels were like as bad as they were, <laughs> and people hating on them. They were at least like fun. Like nobody was, Oh, I, I, I don't know, maybe it was because they were so stupid that they were, they were too, it was too easy a target or something. No, but. I, I think you need to go like go to archive.org and try to find some ancient forums. And I, I think there was plenty of like hole poking and, and, uh, yeah, absolutely. But I think, hate. I think because the movies were so bad and everybody universally agreed that didn't matter. Whereas you have the last Jedi, which at its heart it's for the most part a very smart film, and I don't think that's what people want is a smart film. And you have the, the the Rise of Skywalker, which is the dumbest film <laughs> of possibly all nine of them. Oh, I uh, I, I don't and I, and I, <laughs> I don't think that's maybe, true. 
maybe not Attack of the Clones, but it is yeah. a dumb film. It is dumb. I and would... I'm not saying that as even a bad thing. Star Wars is at its best when it is big, dumb, fun. Yeah. And this movie was maybe a little too dumb, but it was definitely fun. And it was definitely big. It was huge. So two out, two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, I put this movie certainly above um, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Yeah, um, I would too. I'd have to rewatch um, Revenge of the Sith to make that decision. But anyways, I got more to say about that later. But uh, so some some elements of this movie that that I, and I think you've already hit the, the the hammer on the head. But the the MacGuffin to find the MacGuffin, like I was really. There's a neat idea in there, again, with the crashed um, Death Star sitting on one of the Endor planets. It's a neat idea. And yeah, uh, and I think a lot of I, I thought this, I thought a lot of, I think that a lot of the Internet thought this is like, ooh, the 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 force kept or, you know, the dark uh, the side of the force kept the emperor alive or at least his essence alive. And he's living in this kind of alcove of a of a Death Star and, and he can't get off the planet because force powers. But like, like the dark side is rising because of the doubt and Kylo Ren stirring up trouble and and I'm controlling Snoke and he's helping these elements come together and soon. I'll be at my strong and I can take over again. But that's not the case. He's he's at this other planet that apparently Luke was looking for that we've never heard for or heard about. Yeah. And the MacGuffin to find the map is like a cutout of the destroyed Death Star that the Sith designed like a thousand years ago. So they had to know that the Death Star was going to blow up into that outline so that the key could point to exactly where in the Death Star the next MacGuffin was. It's just... Yeah. Like what a waste of time. Sense. All of this is a waste of time. Like I loved seeing the crash death star on the planet. I loved the little fight that they had kind of on the debris. All of that's awesome. Get rid of that mm-hmm. crap that just wasted a whole bunch of time. Go to the, just the plot element is simple. Like, Hey, we heard the death star crashed on this moon. Let's go there and see if we can find something. We, Hey, we fought and we found something. Tells us yeah, to go it could here. Be, it That's could be all like you a need. Detective story yeah. where it's like we heard the we heard the emperor is alive. Maybe he's at the Death Star remains. Let's go to Endor. Yeah, done. All of that saves a whole bunch of time, deconvolutes the plot, and I think gets the movie moving just as quick. The other thing I didn't like was the opening crawl of like. The Emperor's alive and he's broadcasting on the radio. And all I could do is as I'm reading this is reading it in like an old timey radio broadcast. Because I'm just I imagining think that's how it's supposed to be though. <laughs> I'm just imagining the Emperor's like, I'm back, see? And I'm gonna take over the galaxy. <laughs> Did you have you have you watched the Clone Wars TV show? No. So every arc opens with an old timey radio guy. Really? Exactly like that. Okay. It's the middle of the Clone Wars. Darth Vader was, uh, Darth Maul is back and he's running around doing terrible stuff. Anakin Skywalker has to go see my mom. I don't know. It, and it's just, it is, it's very like that, like you just described it. So I feel like those, those are supposed to be a throwback to 1920s. Okay, that's fair. I mean, basically Star Wars, if you get to the heart of it, Star Wars is a... It's, yeah. a, it's a war movie based on like old dogfighter war films. Absolutely. Just set in space. But I don't read like the Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi crawls in that 20s radio voice. Just for some reason, the way the copy was written on that crawl and the fact that the Emperor yeah. was making a galactic wide broadcast <laughs> from his galactic radio station just immediately put me in that mood. <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely got a very different tone 
than the seriousness of previous ones. I, again, this is if you set this up in the first movie and you make it a mystery of like who's control, who's doing this? There's who could it be? Is Darth Vader alive? Is it the Emperor? Like who's driving this? And then at the end of uh, the the Force Awakens, maybe you have Ian McDeary doing his laugh. And you're like, oh snap, the Emperor! And then your next movie, blah blah blah, it goes off from there. And but to, yeah, to just cram this all into this one behemoth movie was. I was like, there's a lot of good ideas here. I really wish it would have been spread out across all three movies. Um, they completely dropped the Rose and uh, what's his Finn's relationship thing? That's so the so yeah. I mean, that's, Finn, Finn is like the most wasted potential character of all. Uh, like, what are I we guess, doing? Like, is he in love with uh, with Ray? Is he in love with Rose? And and I didn't mind. Poe? I didn't. Uh, that's fine too. I didn't mind actually, and I really. Would have I would have personally liked them to take all of the love interest stuff out of the trilogy entirely because I actually liked actually I hated spoilers I hated that Ray kissed Kylo at the end I was like ew gross I feel like that was set up in Last Jedi and so I was okay with it eh, but what I, I I really liked the fact that none of those three main characters had any sort of really didn't even seem like in this movie any love interest in each other whatsoever. And they were just like pals. I wanted Finn and Poe at the very end of the movie <laughs> sure. to just to kiss each other sure. and say, I love you, brother. Yeah. There was and a, like, there was a lesbian kiss in the background. The one of the, yeah, which was like uh, the first LG. Yeah. Uh, I can't, yeah. what is yeah. it? L- LGBTQ. <laughs> LGBT. Star Wars kiss. Sure. It's out of focus and in the background. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, no, I, I, a, I would have been it was, perfect. It was the lady from the last, uh, it was the lady from the last Jedi. Yeah. With the schnoz. Yep. Yep. I would have been totally cool with, with, it, it doesn't matter. Totally cool with Poe and, and, and Finn being like, you know, man, I love you. I love you too. And I, I read somewhere that both actors were totally, they totally wanted to do that. I mean, it was almost kind but, of set up in the first movie. They like instantly it feels clicked like it. and they, they really, they're, they have a very romantic relationship. I, yeah. mean, I mean, or they just have a friendship. You can see it as either way. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like a really close brotherly love, but I, you know, it would have just been interesting for them to do that at the end. And it would have made a whole lot of people very angry. Other thing. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, at this point you can't win with star Wars. You might as well just go all in. <laughs> um, <laughs> the other thing I, I guess, uh, I, I didn't care for, um, the healing thing. The fact that now Ray with the Force can heal people, I didn't. Yeah, the, the, there was like there was like a thing where J.J. Abrams was like, "I added a new Force power. People are probably going to be upset with it." I, I wasn't upset with it. I just thought it was unnecessary. Didn't well, really set it up like three times. So oh, like, it's like well, that... she 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 heals the worm monster, and then you're like, "Oh, Ray can do that. All right, interesting." And then she heals Kylo. Mm-hmm. And after he dies, which uh, side note, great seeing Han Solo again. Totally uh, surprised by that. That was a great scene. It was, it was like a reflection of the first movie, uh, Force Awakens, and like, you know, I, I I don't know. It was nice. That was that was a uh, good use of that whole destroyed Death Star prop is to have Kylo meet with his ghost father. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it was very good. Agree. 
And I thought Harrison Ford nailed it. He didn't look like he was like, oh, God, I got to do this. He looked like he was totally into like, granted, yeah. it was probably, you know, two hours on a soundstage, but <laughs> he, 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 he definitely, I think he nailed that. And it was, it was a good scene. It was uh, impactful. So. And then they follow it up with the, the Luke Skywalker scene where he's a ghost and he likes, he catches the lightsaber and he says, you know, you shouldn't treat your lightsaber like this. It's a weapon of a Jedi or something like that. And, and I, and, and I like that because it follows the arc that Luke had in the last Jedi where he grows out of his curmudgeonliness and realizes that he does have this like potential as a, as a, uh, kind of like a, a hero yeah, sort of icon. And, and that was really cool that they, caught onto that and kept it going. I thought it was more of an F you to Ryan Johnson. Yeah. That, that's another possibility because I thought his arc came complete. Like we needed, we were going, we knew we were going to see him as a ghost giving some knowledge to Ray. So we knew we were going to see him in this movie, but I thought his arc was complete as he sits on his island being like, no, I'm going to die. And I, you don't know. And, and at the end of the movie, he, you know, his arc comes complete when he shows up on that planet and does the thing that he does because it shows he's giving hope to the galaxy and, and he mm-hmm. cares and it's kind of his final farewell and blah, 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 blah. So, yes, this is a little bit more redemption where he's like, no, the, you need, we need Jedi. We need the force out there. So it was more of yeah. it, but I also feel like it was, maybe it was both. It was that and just a, just an F you, but either way, <laughs> uh, there was too many, and I know I'm going to sound probably hypocritical, but there was way too many set up scenes that were so blatantly set up that you knew what was going to happen next. For example, when they're on the planet where they meet Lando for some reason, uh, they, Chewie gets captured and I think they get into that Sith spaceship and then they show another scene of the Millennium Falcon getting towed to the Star Destroyer immediately I knew like, okay, at some point all of them are going to get captured. They're going to be on that store destroyer. And the only way to escape is going to be on the millennium Falcon. Well, yeah, good news obviously. is going to be on the star destroyer. <laughs> That's star Wars though. That, that was like, okay, they're setting this up. It's going to be great. And that I thought was probably the most fun scene was when they were running around in the star destroyer. Oh, I liked was all like, that. wow, this, this, this feels fun. This feels like star Wars. This is, this is, this is what I like. Yeah, no, that that scene I had no problem with, but for some reason, the, the, just like the setup of pull, like towing the Millennium Falcon up to the Star Destroyer, just like I know exactly what's going to happen within the next 20 minutes, and, and sure enough, it happened. <laughs> I don't know, somehow the other movies have been like a little bit more subtle about it, whereas you go back and like, oh yeah, of course, that's how they were going to escape. I mean, Star Wars is also filled with tons of coincidences, which is just fine, Right. Like whenever you need an escape hatch, there's one available or a spaceship or uh, some way to escape. And I'm fine with that. That's Star Wars. But this this they like kind of made big points to be like, and this will be their escape vehicle that they'll use (laughs) later. There's a couple of things like that. That was that was one of the more egregious setups. I was like, okay, we could have saved a little bit of time by not showing all of this. But (laughs) it was a very scripty script. Yes. Point A leads to point B leads to like even with the healing stuff they were talking about. It was like this is set up yes. here and then shown here and then we reveal this here and it's all related and Yes. Definitely. I, I definitely felt like uh 
J.J. Abrams wrote it, and then a big group of people sat down and asked questions of like, well, how did this happen? And then they're like, oh, that's a good question. Well, five scenes earlier, I'm going to write this real quick. This happens. Okay, that's so answered. It, Next. It was, it was written by J.J. Abrams and the guy who wrote Batman versus Superman. Oh. Well, he also wrote Argo. Argo is good. So he's got good movies, and he's got train wrecks under his, <laughs> his uh, belt. And... um you know, I loved Batman versus Superman. It was a train wreck that was impossible. Not it was like one of those things you can't look away. What's going to happen next? I don't know. Batman versus Superman. It was so bad, but it was yeah. so good at how bad it was. I, I, it was a it was a train wreck. I agree with your first statement, but disagree with your second statement. So like, so this was the best of Argo meets Batman versus Superman. It was a train wreck, but it was also good. Okay, I sure I, I give you that. Um. Let's see some other elements that so stick back out. To, back to your point. Yes, Rose was definitely mm, wasted. Mm, mm-hmm. um, the General Hux oh, was God. there for like thirty seconds. It was like, why have we been building up this character for two movies just to have him in one scene get killed? Well, I feel like again they wrote the movie, and somebody said, "Hey, what about Hux?" And somebody <laughs> was like, "Oh, all right, um, okay. There's a mole. It's Hux. This other guy kills Hux." All right, done. Write it. Those three scenes go in, and and yeah, Hux is like, I don't care about you. I just want Kylo Ren to lose. And then a minute later, he's shot by the old guy, the old guy who's a brand new character. Which is like this. This movie had too many brand new characters. There, there's there's stuff for Rose to do. Mm-hmm. There's stuff for General Hux to do. But instead, they got Zori Bliss. Mm-hmm. The the mysterious Boba Fett figure on this uh, oh. smuggler planet. Yeah. And then they have, uh, Jana, I think is her name is the, the, uh, the, I, we don't know what to do with Finn. So let's make there be more Finn storm, former stormtroopers, And that'll, that'll give Finn something to do. Well, I heard, and, so I heard, uh, uh, the, uh, a theory, probably a conspiracy theory. Uh, Terry Russell played the Boba Fett bounty hunter girl. Um, Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell, sorry. Love interest for um, Poe. She never takes her helmet off, so you actually never see that it's Carrie Russell, so it could be anybody. Well, you see her eyes. You see her eyes, and they're definitely her eyes. I mean, she has unmistakable eyes. She had to be there at least for that scene. So the the conspiracy theory is that she's a friend of J.J. Abrams, and because of being in this movie, she gets like a bunch of residuals for like the rest of her life for appearing in this movie. So it's like, you're my friend. Here's a bunch of money for you. You don't even have to show I your I heard face. That on the, uh, I think I heard that on Red Letter Media. Is that where you got that from? Oh, that might be. I, I watched the Red Letter Medias. Yeah, so I think they said that. They could anyway. Um, it was on the internet, though, and I heard it, so it must be true. They may or may not have started it. Or they got <laughs> it from the internet and claimed they started it. I wouldn't put it past those guys. Either way. Um. So, so yeah. Uh, so, how did you feel about the whole Rose thing? Like... I feel like Rose is the least liked character of The Last Jedi, and she doesn't come off well. And I I feel bad because, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with her, but she gets the most hate. Yeah, and, I... And, and it's like, J.J. Abrams didn't know what to do with that, and it was just like, eh, we'll put her back to the side. There's no reason she couldn't have been along with the gang and occasionally making, you know, jokes, but... I feel like Jay Irvins was like, yeah, it's, I never really connected to this character. She wasn't in The Force Awakens. I had no 
problem with Rose. I thought her story in Last Jedi was fine, right? She's like totally devoted to the cause. Her sister was killed in the bomber. Um, she, she wants to help. Love, love will save us. Her, her big thing. I mean, she she's she an actress that? who has to deal with the dialogue that's that's given to her, and I thought she delivered it just fine. I didn't really the scene where she crashes into Finn to save him. Like, I guess the internet hates that. I, I didn't, I didn't care. I was like, whatever. Because I mean, if you the, think about um, it, this big death star guns going to obliterate him anyways, go through him and destroy the door anyways. So I, yeah, I, yeah, no, I had no problems with Rose whatsoever. I thought she was a, a fine character. I thought she was a fine actress. Absolutely. You're right. As soon as we get to this movie, she's like, yeah, I'm going to stay behind and uh, look at these files or whatever so, she said she was going to so do. The, the thing that I hate about this is like the internet, a bunch of dudes harassed her and you know, she had to close down her Twitter account from all of the oh, harassment. Geez. And, you know, because of this, because of assholes, yeah. excuse me, yeah, yeah. on the internet, this now it looks like the assholes won. I feel so, like this whole movie, come on, JJ, I feel like this whole movie was a, um, an answer to the trolls, right? Like, Oh, the trolls didn't mm. like this. So, We'll fix it. Ah, the trolls didn't like Rose, so she's going to be just on the planet. Kind of, she gets two lines and that's it. Oh, the internet. Yeah, the internet doesn't like this. I did feel like, um, we talked a lot about The Force Awakens being a fan service movie, but we also said like it kind of needed to be a fan service movie to kind of like, kind of get the engine going again. This Mm -hmm. seemed like it was a fan service movie, but for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Uh, So, and, I didn't know any of that about the actress that played Rose. It's horrible. I mean, she's an actress. She's playing a character that somebody else wrote. It's not her fault if the inter- you know if, if you didn't like what she did. So that's that's disappointing to hear. So um, I would like to propose a bumper sticker that says "I stand with Rose." <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, anyways, uh, so uh, Leia, Princess Leia, let's talk. I guess a little bit about her. Uh, she she obviously uh... died before filming of the movie and. You know, they used some unused footage and, and probably some CGI-ness to kind of cobble together her character. She felt way out of place. So visually, she looked like she was there. Yes. But the way that actors kind of filled in the gap for what they were going to say to her felt really awkward. Yes. It was like, we have this line of dialogue. Let's come up with the stupidest thing for somebody to say to lead into that line of dialogue and then follow it up with the stupidest thing. It was it was basically like, let's give a six year old fill in the blank Mad Libs. Yeah. And we'll give them the Princess Leia dialogue and it'll just sound completely awkward coming out of actors. It's like I feel like people didn't they weren't prepared how to deal with that. I I really wish yeah, I, yeah. I, I, it, it felt, it felt out of place. It felt like, um, it felt like the early days of CGI acting, where actors didn't know how to act with CGI characters, so they're yeah, kind of weird. looking at the CGI image, but like the connection's just not there. Uh, and in this case, it was the dialogue and um, Leia's or uh, Carrie Fisher's reactions. Obviously, she's can't react, <laughs> but the reactions well, yeah, were she, right. She, she's reacting to something else. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. The whole thing felt weird, unnatural, and almost felt unnecessary, to be honest. I mean, I guess she they forced a plot point, which I was a little confused at, but I guess 
she used all of her force energy to make Kylo Ren reconsider or feel like stop for a moment and think. She did the same thing that Luke did at the end of The Last Jedi, which was teleport herself across the universe. But she didn't show up to him. She just kind of, I felt like she just made, like she used all of her energy to like impart an impression on him of her love. Maybe it was, it was unclear, but that's when he stops. And then maybe does he have his thing with Han Solo? Either way, he stops. And and that's when he kind of shifts. He stops. And that's when he gets stabbed through the heart. Yeah. And then he dies. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, He heals him back up before he dies. And then Ray runs away and then Han Solo shows up. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was weird. It so was, I don't know if it was the editing or what it was, but it was like, wait, what, what's going on? Okay. I, I get the emotional beats that are happening here, but I don't understand logically what is happening here. And I, I think, um, I think they were, they were just trying to give something for Leia to do, even though like given what they had to use, they wanted to use her character in some sort of a meaningful right. way. Uh, yeah. it, I mean, it's a, it's, I guess it's a fine attempt, but I guess in my movie that, that I'm not ever going to make, but uh, she would probably just die in the, in the crawl, right? You would, you would have a, a paragraph or maybe that's how it opens. Like sadness sweeps the resistance as princess Leia gives up the last of her force power to try to make Kylo Ren see the way. Unfortunately, blah 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 blah. The 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 emperor's power is so overcoming. But what you know, whatever. And that's it. And then we don't have any of that stuff in there. And her last Star Wars performance could be an actual performance where she's reacting to actors. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I can't begrudge them for trying to make her an important part of the film because she's yeah. an important part of this thing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe they could have done it through like flashbacks or something. Where well they did. They had that weird training scene where they decided that. Well, yeah. Leia did some. Well, that was that was that was full on CGI. Well, yeah, yeah, but that was I I was. In fact, that would have been good if we they didn't take off their masks, and we because we knew it was Luke and Leia. We didn't need to see them. Oh, they had masks on? And their on? weird CGI faces. They had like training masks on. So they're like fighting in the woods and lightsabering. And then they're, they reach up to their masks and my internal monologue is, no, yeah. just let it be how it is. It's kind of neat. Yeah, the, CG, the CGI wasn't bad. And it was done in a, like a nice dreamy like um, filter that the CGI didn't wouldn't have to be perfect. I didn't really have a problem with the flashbacks so much as I felt like they did. There was another setup thing of like, we've never really in any of these movies, like I think in return of the Jedi, Luke says like, I have it. My father has it. And my sister has it. And that's when Leia's like, Oh my gosh, I'm your sister. But never else, never anywhere do we establish like Leia learned how to use a lightsaber and had Jedi training. And I feel like, I personally feel like she she would have been like, okay, yeah, I'm a little force sensitive, but I got all this Republic stuff to deal with. So Luke, well, that's I what want the scene you, was about. I want you to, but she was doing some training. She was doing some training, but at the end of the training, she's like, you know what, I got Republic stuff to do. Hold on to this lightsaber. Okay. So it's kind of what you're saying. Okay. But like I initially, feel like... she did some training. She had her own lightsaber, and she was like, you know, I got I got stuff to do. But I feel like that scene, and I and I and I, and I, and I was fine with it. It as a flashback scene, it was like. I feel like it was another fan service thing where yeah. people wanted to see Leia as Jedi. So they got to see it. I feel like the scene though was created only to say like, by the way, 
she's had some practice. She's had some training so that the fanboys wouldn't be like, we didn't know Leia could do that. It only existed so that she could do the next thing where she force projects herself onto Kylo Ren. It was another setup beat well, in my, my opinion. It, it, also, it also existed so that in the beginning when she's training Rey, mm-hmm. yeah. you're not like, why is she training Rey? She doesn't know anything. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. I I guess I don't know. I don't know that we needed to see Look, the, the, Leia the plot training Rey, though. The this movie is a train wreck. It, yeah. it makes very little sense. And yet still somehow with all these things that... Like that's, that's, add that to the list. That's another thing that he wanted to accomplish was do an homage to Carrie Fisher. Yeah, which you know, fair enough. I that that scene where she dies and the the most emotional part of it for me was they do like a slow pan out and you see Chewbacca and he just goes Roar! and you're just like that. That's emotional. Seeing yeah. Chewie react to anything always gets me. Oh yeah, 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 yep. So for all of for all of that for all he was trying to do. It came out pretty good. It was a pretty fun movie. It was a pretty good movie. It's just got so much baggage. It, it, I just, I feel like I want to tell the movie, lighten up, dude. <laughs> remember, it's okay. <laughs> remember when Maz Kanata said that the lightsaber was a story for another day? Yeah. Remember when Finn said, Ray, I got to tell you something? <laughs> In the same movie? <laughs> that was frustrating because they made a big deal. And I, I was trying to think back of like, was there elements of of the scenes they could have cut all that out right because they didn't whatever finn needed to tell ray he didn't tell ray and as far as i understand like this is it right this this saga's done i, I don't think they're going to do an episode 10 with these characters so according to jj abrams and this is after the fact so who knows if he just decided oops i forgot something <laughs> uh, i'll say this is what finn says so what finn wanted to say was that he was force sensitive which you know, you saw that a little bit of that at the end of the movie. And I feel like it's like, again, a case where they just didn't know what to do with Finn, but they also didn't want to waste any time doing it. So it was like you get you get the first movie where he has an arc. He's a stormtrooper. He is a coward and he becomes to be a rebel soldier. You get the second movie where they do the exact same arc. He's a coward and then he becomes to be a second uh, a soldier. And then, then you get this movie where it's like, they just didn't know what to do with Finn. So they just have him go on adventures, which is great because like you said, he's a great actor. Yeah. He plays off really well with Poe and Ray and it's great just seeing the three of them together and that, and even even C-3PO, C-3PO was like, he was killing it. No, that was another disappointing thing. C-3PO in the trailers, he's like, I'm saying goodbye to my friends. And you're like waiting for that. I was waiting for that moment. Like, oh, this is C-3PO is going to sacrifice himself for something. That's that's it. Like lights out. C-3PO is done. We get to see his birth, his kind of his whole cycle. And what do they do with it? They, they, they're like, oh, I, I, my mind has to get wiped in order for me to give you these Sith details. And I might not get but my mind get back. back. 30 seconds. And then, oh, my mind's back. Wasn't that funny? And I was like, no, yeah. the impact of like, you didn't need to do any of that. That was another MacGuffin hunt of like, how do we get the data out of C-3PO? I don't, I don't care that the Sith thing is encoded in droid binary and needs to be extracted. That's fine. But if you're going to do it, do it all the way. Like if you're not going to use these characters anymore, yeah. just, yeah, C-3PO, like he makes the ultimate sacrifice so that we can, and again, it would be more impactful 
if we developed- It was a really good moment. It was, but it would have been even more impactful, A, if they would have uh, pot committed and, and made C-3PO essentially die or be completely mind wiped and not do the comedy of like, I've never met you before. But also it had been more impactful if he would have spent more time with all of those characters and done more adventuring with those characters like he did in the original three movies. Because then when he says like, my good friends, like you kind of watching that scene, like you don't know any of these people. (laughs) I see. I just, I just felt like that was more of a kind of fan servicey thing where he's been, his friends are the, 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 the entire, everybody from the trilogy. But yeah, for realistically, he doesn't really know these guys and they treat him like dirt. And and that's fine. And, And so that's fine. I also thought the same thing that he wasn't like, he wasn't talking to anybody in the movie. He was talking to the audience. And I think right. if he could have said like that, those lines and those lights could have dimmed in his eyes and he goes dormant, I, that's a, that's an emotional moment. You've got so you got 40 years invested in this character. Somebody's going, great. somebody's going to cry. Uh, and that's I, his art. I don't, I don't even mind him coming back without his mind and just like being a comedy routine where he's like, Oh, who are you? Yeah. I didn't like that. That doesn't bother me as much as, as R2D2 being like, Hey, I got your memories right here. Yeah. I got you, bro. (laughs) Oh, I'm back. It was was the same thing with Chewbacca. It was, why did we need to see Chewbacca (laughs) supposedly die and then come back three scenes later? It was like, why are we giving this emotional beats that don't actually mean anything and don't actually advance the plot either. That, yeah. Yep, I agree. I agree. Uh, the medal, Chewbacca getting the medal, uh, that's like so ham-fisted. That was, I, I mean, I laughed. I, was I mean, like, I, okay, I think that was that, that was all for the audience. Clever. But Logically, it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. What has Maz Kanata been holding on to that? <laughs> that's a story for yet another day. I feel like she was wasted. I would love to see, maybe, maybe that's what they're going to do, is they're going to do like a whole Maz Kanata TV series. That'd be awesome. Maybe it'll be like Maz Kanata, General Hux, and Rose. <laughs> In their own TV show? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they totally squandered her. But I did to introduce meaningless new characters. Yeah. Woof. So, yeah, episode nine. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, I liked it. <laughs> I, I, I liked it. I, I, liked, I was entertained. I, um, there was not. I remember when I was watching Attack of the Clones way back when, and I was about 40 minutes into the movie, and I was like, I don't think I like this. <laughs> uh, and and I never did. Uh, I didn't ever ask myself that question during this movie. So so, so I, I did. Oh, did uh, you? My, my emotional like state was like, this is moving too fast. This needs to slow down and breathe. I, I can't. Like, I'm not enjoying this. They get to the Star Destroyer maybe 40 minutes in, and it's like, okay, this is fun. This feels like Star Wars. I can relax. They've got it back. I can I can accept all the 40 minutes because of the fun of <laughs> Fon, uh, Finn and Poe and, and Ray. And uh, and then the, the rest of the movie, I was, I was just kind of coasting through. I have a question for you, Adam. What is hope backwards? Epo? No, phonetically. Uh, I say hope backwards, but say it phonetically. Was it just like Poe? Yeah. So I wondered if J.J. Abrams oh, had. Where's and, the E? It's. I said say it phonetically, right? The E <laughs> is you silent. Pronounce the E. Oh, okay. Phonetically, you 
don't pronounce the E. So my question is, I thought about this when I think Poe was in his X-Wing and they're like, uh, Leia died, but her last, uh, she wanted you to be the general. Will you be the hope that we need or something like that, right? Because the whole thing now, it never used to be this way, but now all of the movies are like, it's all about hope. We need to have hope, 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 hope. And uh, so they say that, and I was wondering to myself, I wonder if J.J. Abrams set this up in the first movie, like the character of Poe, to be hope backwards, because I feel like that's kind of a, an interesting coincidence, because ultimately maybe. the guy, or maybe J.J. Abrams got lucky, he's like, oh, wait, hey, you know what? We could say he's the hope, and that's that's Poe backwards. It sounds like a bit of a stretch, but... Mm. Uh, you know, whatever. I wouldn't put it past anybody. It's pretty coincidental. But anyways, that's just a thought I had. The other question I had, um, and I don't know that you'll have the answer for this, but uh, the Emperor has a billion ships uh, above his Sith planet, and he's got like a million people sitting around him in his Sith yeah, planet. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> and I, and I know that there were like purposely, um, uh, they said that like he conjured it, like purposely unclear i feel again this is another if you set it up early on he could actually be i guess it doesn't really matter but he could be constructing his army the whole last hack is hack the the whole last act of the movie is just completely stupid (laughs) it's probably not worth making sense out of that part (laughs) you you get you get he's got 30 years to make these star destroyer ships not sure why he didn't like Let's release one of these into the wild and see what happens. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could you could put as much logic as you run around it. Where do they get the man the manpower? Where was Admiral Pride for all of this? Mm-hmm. Uh, just like why are there? Why did the stormtroopers change costumes in Force Awakens and the Emperor's? Like, shouldn't they have the old costumes? I don't know. Well, um, didn't isn't it? somehow set up either in an ADR line or Ian McDeary just says like, I was the one behind Snoke. Yeah. So, so I guess he's behind everything. Yeah. I like, I like the, the one thing I did like was like the first order becomes the final order. I was like, well, that's kind of clever. Yeah. Yeah. And ominous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, really, I thought some solid ideas, but if they would have been, spaced out throughout all three movies i, I feel like i think you think could have been you better. nailed it i i think somebody should reorganize these films yeah and, and and you you could probably have a really good consistent thing i don't know i don't know if such editing tools exist but well they made I, the uh the the star with the uh they took the three movies the three prequel movies and edited those down to like a single two and a half hour movie Exactly. And and they took the, the Lord of the Rings movies, which are nine hours, and they added that down to a three hour movie. Really? I and should that's watch pretty, that. that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um Yeah, or I, I feel like I feel like there's enough content. Like you can edit down the Star Wars movies, the the prequels, because there's just so much exposition and garbage that you just don't need. But bad I feel acting. like there's a and bad acting. I feel like there's enough meat here that you could probably come up with three ninety to a hundred minute movies uh yeah. but differently paced paced p-a-c-e-d right yeah that's how you spell that um and establish things and, and remove things that don't make sense like get rid of all of the mysteries like that's the one thing is that um the original trilogy 
four, five, and six didn't have a mystery. The well, that's that's like J.J. Abrams' thing. I know, but the "I am your father" thing, which everybody wants to recreate, I think, or I feel like they wanted to maybe try to force into some of these movies. Like that wasn't a mystery; it was like a, a shock, like "Oh my god!" So, so instead of making Ray the granddaughter Ugh. of Palpatine, they could have just said Ray, like Anakin Skywalker, is a child of the Force. No, and just <laughs> you know, he, she, she is like. Like like Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader, she is a being that kind of embodies the Force. She she and they don't they don't even need to explain that. They just don't have a scene where she you know you get rid of that scene where she is Palpatine's granddaughter, and just have her be like a very powerful Force user that the Emperor wants to use. Because why wouldn't he? He wanted the same way he wanted to use Darth Vader. Oh, I don't disagree with that. I, I feel like in or I, I feel like there should still be a connection to the original characters somehow with Ray. Um, I don't, I thought that was one of the best things about the last Jedi was that they took her out outside of the, the Skywalkers. I don't know. I, and then, and then, and then you end up with that great scene at the end of the movie where she chooses the name Skywalker and it makes that much more sense because she doesn't she doesn't have a name and as as an homage she yeah. takes that name and yeah no that I would be that would, you could you keep that scene that, that's a great scene yeah I had I had zero problems with that scene I thought that was very appropriate to to end the cycle with her kind of ending up where the whole thing more or less started um, I I still I don't like the fact that she was connected to Palpatine because it makes no sense. I mean, I guess unless, I mean, there's a couple um, of ways it, you, it, you can look at it, right? It, it's either like horribly burnt Palpatine had a harem of women, which he probably could have, or uh, in every kind of like novelization or comic book, the emperor typically has a bunch of clones of himself. So I don't know. So the the problem with it is that in, in Last Jedi, Kylo says... Your your parents were nobody. They were junk they traders, were junkers, yep, junk traders who sold you for beer money. Beer money, yep. And then in this movie, he's like, I I wasn't lying to you. I I uh, they were just pretending to be nobodies. And it's like, what? Oh, I thought it was if, like the if, if you're gonna if you're gonna go forward with something that stupid, don't have a line about it. Just make us accept it. Yeah, I thought the emperor said like I clouded your vision I made you think that so you thought you were telling the truth but really it's what I wanted you to hear there is a line where he says I didn't lie to you they, he, they he were did. nobodies yeah, yeah. They, were, they were pretending to be nobodies and it was just like <sighs> again that's that's the, the previous movies doing this movie no favor and this movie not doing a great job capitalizing on what came before it uh, again though personally I feel that she should have had a connection the whole saga now, right, is is Skywalker entrenched, right? You start with Anakin, you go to Luke, you go to just like Rando for the third cycle. Feels no, not weird. not Rando, but Anakin, the Anakin too. Well, I don't really like the idea that uh, Anakin was a Jesus character, so maybe well, that's why okay. I'm having you, problems getting behind the Ray. Like, you can. I was born you, of you the can, Force. There is no father. You can not, he doesn't have to be a Jesus character. I mean, she obviously has parents. I think, so I think she, she, she has a mother and father, but she is as powerful. There's, there exists occasionally in the force of being so powerful in the force 
such as Anakin Skywalker and now Rey, that that becomes the connection. Shmi's just embarrassed that she had a wild night with Watto and Anakin is the product of Watto and Shmi. Could be. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I agree. On the one hand, I agree that making her related to Luke and Leia would make no sense. Relating her to Han Solo makes no sense. The only plausible thing that you could maybe get behind and you could actually develop other stories around is having her some relation to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right, which but the Palpatine also I think make any sense it, since Jedi aren't supposed to procreate. Yeah, well that that didn't stop Anakin. <laughs> and it's a stupid yeah, well, idea too. Like I don't I don't know. I guess yeah, the whole the whole thing's kind of it's dumb. I guess. The whole Basically, thing is Star, Wars is Star, Star Wars, Wars is dumb. Star Wars is dumb. I agree. Star Wars is dumb. And I, I think also the prequels didn't do us any favors with establishing these weird rules that make Jedi out to be some sort of monk. Uh, like, is it, are you born with it? Is it a religion? Like, what is it? And why are all these rules around it? And, and at this point, who cares? Like, why would Ben Kenobi, after everything's been destroyed, care about being uh, a a monk that, that doesn't get with women? He's he's hanging out on Tatooine. He's watching over Luke one day at Mos Eisley. He's like, oh, God. Another day watching that boy do moisture evaporating. (laughs) I got to get my freak on. (laughs) He goes and finds Greedo's sister, and he's like, look, man. I like you, like me. They they do a scene where, like, the Emperor meets up with Rey, and he, he uses this device on her. It's like he get he samples her blood, and he's like, "Your midichlorians are very high." <laughs> yeah, you know the other thing I thought would have been interesting, and and I haven't watched the prequel movies in a long time, so I don't know if it would work. But uh, um, I thought it would be neat if they could somehow, like the 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 emperor that we saw die in the and in Return of the Jedi was actually a clone, and the emperor that we saw on the Sith planet was maybe the real Palpatine. But if we could have had some sort of tie-in or some way to show that the Darth Sidious slash Senator Palpatine were actually not the same person, they were clones of Palpatine kind of working in tandem, I thought would have been neat. I don't know if that would work because I haven't watched those movies in such yeah, a long I time. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's, it's irrelevant, but it, it is, it but it would have been, been a neat it, thing. It, if, if, if handled by the right people, yeah, it could have been neat. Or Ray could have been like, I thought you died. And he'd have been like, I was a clone. That's my <laughs> thing, you know. I do clones. You had that two-headed Snoke clone. Yeah. 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 So you uh, got Star Wars. <laughs> so, Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda is uh, amazing. The Mandalorian. I uh, Yeah, ba- Man- Mandalorian's pretty boring. They're, the show... Um, how do I put this? The show is looks expensive. First of all, um, <laughs> looks looks very expensive. Uh, it is endearing in some ways because of its ambition. I feel like it's not. How do I put this? Like it's not. I feel like a lot of shows that we watch these days, like um, take take Dexter for example, or. Game of Thrones or whatever. They're they're all written in such a way that like we ramp up all of this drama and this energy to a cliffhanger. So you gotta watch the next episode. And then you watch that episode and you have the same build up. And ultimately when you look back at it, you're like, well geez, nothing actually happened in that season. There's just like a whole bunch of like really engaging cliffhangers. And I feel like that's how mm-hmm. a lot of T V series 
are written today. And I'll fall for it every single time and binge watch something and get done and be like, well, what happened? <laughs> is any of that plausible? Uh, at the end of the day, does it really matter? And I feel like they've, they're not really doing that with this series. Like each episode is a story. It's serialized, but it's not like there's a, a huge cliffhanger about like what's going to happen next. It's like we, we, we landed on this planet, we did this thing, and now we're going to leave the planet. And then you'll see the next episode next week, which in a way is uh, kind of refreshing because you don't have a crap ton of baggage as you go from episode to episode. And it's almost as if you can kind of drop in and not be too intimidated. But on the other hand, like not a whole lot happens. <laughs> yeah, the the Mandalorian as a character is very boring. But because the episodes are 40 minutes long, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't feel like it's too much. Um, I feel, I feel like, like they're, they're trying to get back to that star Wars sort of thing where star Wars, if you know a little about the lore, it it was sort of based on samurai movies and Westerns and all of this kind of old stuff, but set in the future. And like I said before, war movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has all these sources and, and Mandalorian, uh, there's an episode that's essentially takes the old, uh, seven samurai movie and redoes that with a smaller cast. Um, there's several references to like Lone Wolf and Cub, which is an old Japanese manga. And uh, there's there's tons of like Clint Eastwood uh, Western references where the man with no name and stuff like that. And all of that stuff is cool, um, but I'm only watching it for Baby Yoda. Yeah, I think one of the things I, um, I think it's difficult I think that's why Baby Yoda exists is I think it's difficult to relate to a character or have any emotional attachment to a character when you can't see their face, when you can't look into their eyes and you can't see what they're emoting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Baby Yoda is basically the entire conscience and emotional uh, structure of that character. That's that's how we know what that character is feeling because he is attempting to project protect the cutest thing in the universe <laughs> which is i guess the other thing i, I uh, in in watching the show like I, I love baby yoda i'm all in every time i see baby yoda i go to my wife i'm like look baby yoda, it's baby yoda, it's right there look look <laughs> i get very excited because he is the cutest thing in 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 the universe but why i don't feel like the show did a great job explaining like why he went and kidnapped his bounty Obviously, you don't have a show if if he doesn't do that. But you know, it, he it, it it I don't know. Seemed very thin when he delivers it, the it baby and he walks away it's, and he he can't he doesn't you don't have any eye expressions you don't have he he doesn't have any way to emote like an emotion or a conscience or anything and so he's just like oh and you see him turn around and go rescue baby Yoda and you're like oh, all right I it, guess. it's it's all in those horribly executed flashbacks where you see him as a kid. And he's being like his entire character ethics is set up in that scene. And you see it like three times and every time it gets worse. (laughs) And it's just like uh, he is so one dimensional, basically likes wants to protect something because it reminds him of his own youth where he was protected by the Mandalorians. And now he has their code of honor. Mm. And then they 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 go into that whole thing like uh, he is the the protector of the innocent or something like that. It's all, it's all in the last episode where yeah. they kind of hammer it home as, as you say. And then the other thing is like, 
he hates droids because droids killed his parents. I mean, it's so like one dimensional and stupid. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just, you, you have to like, you have to make it something more than it is. I really liked IG 11 in the first episode. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. Cause I knew I, they were going to bring him back. I called it. I was like, well, his voice, he's voiced by Taika Waititi. They're bringing him back. Yeah. Well, so, um, I, I, uh, ever since I saw him in Empire Strikes Back, apparently, I mean, he doesn't do, he just, he's a statue in Empire Strikes Back, but you're like, there's something about that, that bounty hunter robot. I can't get it out of my head, but he looks like he'd be cool. And then they, uh, John Favreau, I think directed that first episode and, and he's awesome. And, and yes, the uh, Mandalorian shoots him through the head. And I was like, oh wow, he's dead already. Because I think all of the, the posters show like the Mandalorian, the IG robot and that woman. And I was like, Oh, it's just, it's going to be like these three, they're going to be like a band, like kind of led by the Mandalorian, but it's going to be like mostly, it's going to be like the uh, Kirk Spock uh, bones kind of trio of this, of this series. Uh, If only man, that that's how it should have ended. (laughs) I agree. But then, you know, we get to this episode where the IG is like, Oh, I cannot be captured. I need to blow myself up. And you're like, all right. Well. So there were there for for me there were two really good episodes, and the one episode that I really liked was the one where he joins the band of gangsters to rescue that one guy. And I hated all of the gangsters. I was like, these guys are terrible. I yep. hate them all. They're stupid characters. This is dumb. But then it was like, this is actually fun. He's hunting them down. It. This is interesting. I like the episode. Then, I like the uh, constraints of the ship that they were on. Yeah, yeah. All of it was, that. It was a solid was episode. Mm-hmm. And then the the second to last episode where he's a part of a team and they're doing stuff together. And I was like, this is this is how this they it should all be. He should be a part of a team. He should be hanging out with Baby Yoda, this lady, Carl Weathers, and IG Eleven. That's your show. I and then they 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 kill off IG Eleven and Carl Weathers and the lady go elsewhere. Yeah, I think we'll see more of Carl Weathers. And we'll probably yeah, see more sure of the women. Yeah, sure the lady will be back too. But I agree; they should all be in the same ship, flying around, doing doing spaghetti western based problem solving while they. It's 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 so much more fun when he's a part of a group. I I agree. Otherwise, it's basically just him talking to himself or talking to Baby Yoda with his little calm link voice thing. Yeah, so. which is adorable, but. Yeah, it only only gets you so far. And I don't want to know anything. I hate I hate. Well, I don't hate because I don't know what they're going to do. But I wish they weren't going to go into the like Baby Yoda backstory. I just want Baby Yoda to be Baby Yoda and not know anything about him. Um, I don't I, care. I like the <laughs> idea of the second season being kind of a an adventure, a road to Yoda's people. Whether they get there or not, I feel could be irrelevant like they could have just have like a lot of fun adventures meet a lot of cool characters and whether it could it could be all about the journey and the whole season could end with them on a planet and the planet is is empty or it's gone through a holocaust or like everything's dead and and it's like oh shoot baby yoda this is where you're from but everyone's dead you're the last of your kind i don't care that could be the end and 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 i agree with you i I think that would be great like not like I don't care about the mystery of Baby Yoda. I don't need to know anything about Yoda's people, the Yodians. Nope. <laughs> I just, <laughs> but I, I, you're right. Like the story of like going to find them is interesting. Yeah. It could, it could, it could lead to interesting places. It doesn't have to lead 
where we think it's going to go, which is the origin of Baby Yoda. Right. I also they, hope that could... Baby Yoda in the second season turns evil somehow. <laughs> you kind of you kind of saw a, a thing like that when he was choking out the girl. Oh, he didn't really know what was going on. Sure, maybe it's not so, an evil thing, but like in his teen years or in his uh, as his hormones are developing, he's not quite aware uh, of his powers and like and, abusing his powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's just kind of turning into a dick. Sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, I, it could be interesting though to do kind of like a Twin Peaks David Lynch thing where you get like some pieces, but then actually commit to not ever solving the mystery. And just have the yeah. show be about everything else around it. And every now and then it'd be like, ooh, here's a bit of information. Which I think is more fun for the audience anyways, because then people can stand around the water cooler and be like, you know what I think? This is what I think. Yeah, because this, the answers never satisfy anybody. Exactly. I think, so let's just not give in the answers. I feel like the I feel like I feel like that's what this trilogy of Star Wars movies has taught us. <laughs> and and maybe you know maybe maybe this decade 2020 the 2020s will will be all about like all of those mysteries from those movies from when you were a kid let's not solve those (laughs) let's do new things or let's expand the stories but let's not even try to answer those questions because you've already come up with a better answer than anybody else can come up with yeah so yeah mandalorian that was was like as, as as much as people hate lost that was what was great about it was those water cooler things like what is going on and and the solution to the mystery was never that interesting <laughs> but talking about the mystery was always like it was exciting you tune in just to get more of the mystery i but i will say again, i will say that the 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 solution to uh, laura palmer's murder was very satisfying the the sad thing is there was no show after that yeah and then they went on for like eight more episodes or something yeah yeah. So you either you either get a very satisfying ending with nowhere else to go, or uh, trying to think. There's there's been some like a couple of will they won't they shows that basically ended as soon as they did because there was nothing else for them to write to, and they tried to go a couple more seasons, but everybody lost interest. Moonlighting. Moonlighting, I classic. think, is the classic one. Like they finally got together, and now nobody cares. I think the only <laughs> show that really avoided that was The Office. I think the will they won't they happen but they still had enough good characters and development that they could go on for four or five more seasons 30 rock did the will they won't they but they never they never did Mm. so it was perfect yeah that's the way it should be spoilers (laughs) i never really watched 30 rock i assume you're talking about i love love 30 rock the uh alec baldwin oh yeah alec baldwin and tina fey okay is that show still on or is that are they done no it's done okay it ended well okay all right. Well, that's uh, I don't have anything else really to say about the Mandalorian. Um, nothing really to nitpick. There's going to be an Obi-Wan show now. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, going back to the whole like Ray could have been Obi-Wan's kid. I know you're not really into that, but that could have kind of fit into like Obi-Wan's going to have to do something. I can't imagine it's going to be just a show about him watching Luke on the planet. He's going to have to go on adventures. He's probably going to have to leave Tatooine for some mission he, or something. And he, it's Ewan McGregor. He's definitely going to have romantic. Yeah. And he could meet a lady and, and all that stuff. So, I mean, it, it it's all in the realm of possibility and the story could be tell, told, even though it doesn't need to be told. But if you've seen the Clone Wars, uh, Obi-Wan has had uh, relations, I think before he was a Jedi though, but I don't know. It doesn't really make any sense. I thought he you... was a Jedi 
Oh, wait. No, the Clone Wars takes place after Attack of the Clones, right? So, yes, it does. But He's a he Jedi Master. Somebody, Yoda even meet, says at the end of yes, I, okay. uh, Phantom Menace, he's like, Let me finish. <laughs> Bestow upon you the that, rank of Jedi Knight we do. <laughs> the Padawan he will He meets somebody that in his past he was in a relationship with. Not oh. somebody that he currently is in a relationship with. Oh, okay, fair So enough. somebody that he has feelings for because way back before he went down the Jedi path, he was involved with. I'm sorry, I have a nitpick. I okay. did think of one. This is something that's bugged me. Uh, on the second or third episode, the Mandalorian like crashes on a planet. Or no, he, he lands on a planet and a bunch of Jawas come and like part out his ship. And, and he's like, oh, and he's got to, he has to go get the MacGuffin and then the Yoda stops the monster that's going to kill him. And that's one of the the driving motivations for him saving him later. And then they go back to the guy who gives him the thing and he gives the thing back to the Jawas and the Jawas give him all the parts. So there's Jawas on this planet and then there's the Jawa troop, the big truck that they drive, the sand mm-hmm. crawler, whatever they call it. So I'm like, oh, wow, geez, that must be on Tatooine because we got Jawas and we got the sand crawler. But then like two episodes later, they go to Tatooine and we see yet another, I think we see more Jawas. So the question I have is, are Jawas just everywhere? And then they could be, right? Because it's the galaxy and they fly all over the place. But do the sand crawler things, is there like a sand crawler manufacturing plant somewhere that just ships these things out to various planets for Jawas to buy and haul their garbage around? Yeah, I had the same thought, but as soon as I like started down that path, I was like, don't go down that path. You're going to regret it. <laughs> I went down that path and I was like, you know, I get it, right? These are Jawas, their junk collecting or whatever is in their nature. So it stands to reason that they would have a giant vehicle that traverses terrain and, and carries all this stuff. But why on a totally different planet do they have a thing that looks exactly like the truck that was on Tatooine? Fan service. I feel like it would have been cool if they'd have had like some completely different designed vehicle where you're like, that kind of looks like a sand crawler. And then like a Jawa pops out. You're like, oh, it's a Jawa. Yeah, I agree. That would have been great. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah. The and reason then, I hated that episode, I have a nitpick about that episode, is basically the Jawas send the Mandalorian on a mission to rescue an egg. And in the end of the episode, he ends up killing a mother who is basically protecting her baby. And then he gives the baby to the Jawas who eat the baby. <laughs> that is an awful show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I, I had more problems with the sand crawler than that. Cause I don't really remember that, but yeah, that's awful. That is awful. Horrible. Damn Jawas. Uh, yeah. Great. There you go. Yep. 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 Or do. Okay. Um, <laughs> Wow, that's the. I don't really have anything else to say about that. Was my only real nitpick about the Mandalorian? I think. Did you still want to talk about the silver screen? Yeah. So uh, lately, I've been uh, collecting other versions of uh, the original trilogy, uh, and and the one that I've had for a while is was the thirty five millimeter silver screen, which is uh, which is delicious. It's just it's got grain, it's got contrast, it's got hair, it's got dust. It's beautiful. <laughs> It's it's like watching a movie, like a grungy old movie at a drive-in. I also have a copy of that. It's like 26 gigabytes large. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, then I obtained the Star Wars Despecialized. So they took they took elements of that footage. Well, they 
it's it's pretty fascinating what they did and you can find videos all over Vimeo and YouTube about how they recreated it but they basically took the blu-rays of all of the current versions of the trilogy and then they hacked out anything that was uh special editionized so mm-hmm. like most of the mouse stuff was replaced with other footages that they could find and a lot of that came from cleaned up elements off of this 35 millimeter they did a bunch of color correcting uh, and and you can find comparisons all over the place of like this is what the Blu-ray looks like, this is what the silver screens version looks like, this is what the despecialized version looks like. Color like it's the nerd's wet dream of like the lightsaber is always blue now, it doesn't turn white, and all of those. <laughs> and laser blasts look like laser blasts, and so and Jabba's not in it, uh, and and most likely he doesn't have stupid CGI creatures walking all around it. <laughs> so there's that and it, it looks nice and everything but I'm still super I, I'm way more partial towards the silver screen version because it's just so mm-hmm, which has all the uh, all the effects the original way that they were so the, the lightsaber turns white it's yep. fine yep no it totally I totally agree um, and then I picked up a 4k version of that so they basically cleaned it up even more and then blew it out to 4k uh, it looks mm-hmm. great. It's not touched up, I don't think. I don't think it's color corrected or anything. But then I picked up like the crown jewel. The Empire <laughs> Strikes Back. They found a similar 35 millimeter kind of silver screens version. Uh, imported it all. Uh, I think they cleaned up the any shutters so it's all a stable image. But it is so grainy and you can see all of the blue screens. I mean, you can't see the blue screens, but when Luke's flying on Hoth, and he's in the ship, like you could, those backgrounds are matted <laughs> like, and there's no doubt about it. And it's, it's glorious. Yeah. It's beautiful. And it's so noisy. Like the, the audio is not noisy. The video is just so noisy. You can, see, you can see the squares around the ships. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing is like, even in one of the silver screens, or I think this empire strikes back, they're like, yeah, yeah. We don't touch up any of that. So look out for it. It's a real treat. <laughs> As the ships get bigger, you can see those mats get larger and larger and larger. And it's, I don't know, it's, I feel like to, for me, it's like, I don't, I don't want to see all this cleaned up stuff. I give me, give me that grungy old washed out. Like you'll, there were scenes that were filmed uh, in Tunisia where there's sand getting in everything. So they put uh, nylons over the camera. And as you watch mm-hmm. those scenes, they look like they were filmed through a nylon. It's got kind of like a brown <laughs> hue to it. Uh, and any version that you've seen probably recently, they've touched all that up. They've added color and uh, things of that nature. But. I, I never understood why they didn't go down the road that Star Trek went down, where you can you can buy Star Trek on Blu-ray and you get touched up versions, mm. but you also get the original versions and the original sound. And I never watch the new versions because the special effects are stupid. But like... I love those old effects. They uh, they do they did so the Star Wars one of the Star Wars Blu-ray editions came with the last laser disc release of Star Wars, which would have been probably the last release before they yeah, did but they special. Didn't, it wasn't editions. even it wasn't even in HD though. It, it was, was it was like a DVD version of it or something. It was a DVD. It it had the black borders burnt into it so it wasn't anamorphic so if you were watching it on a widescreen tv you would have black borders on all four sides of your screen it was it was a letdown and and that's what's led to all these people digging up all these old negatives and uh and and 
I don't know who's people are paying money to have this stuff scanned in and cleaned up. Um, but thank God for them because uh, <laughs> I get to reap the reward. So I guess my point is, is take a look for it. The, the version that I got says Empire Strikes Back Grindhouse Edition. And okay, it, I've heard of those. Oh, yeah. it's, it's great. It's, there's just there's so much hair and lines and <laughs> a cigarette burns. Oh my God, it's just, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Did you ever see the Star Trek Next Generation Blu-rays? No. So that was a uh, that was another thing where like they had all these old TV episodes, but they were they were originally preserved on HD, but they were the effects were added to them in a computer. So they weren't HD quality and they wanted to bring the original film, which was shot on 35, up to HD quality, but in order to do that, they had to pull the film in and it had no effects so they had to redo the effects but they did it as closely as possible to the original effects and it's pretty neat uh sometimes it's a little annoying because like the effects are a little bit better but it's so seamless that i mean nobody remembers every episode of star trek the next generation anyway that's 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 like a cool thing that they did yeah, I, I think I heard about that. Are those sixteen by nine, or are they still four by three? But at the correct um, pic- so, pixel so ratio, they're, they're four by three. Okay, they were shot on thirty-five, but they were shot for four by three. Oh, so basically, you would have if you had sixteen by nine, you would have your boom mic. Sure, sure. Every shot or whatnot. So they they had to they had to keep it four by three, and that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Blowing that up to HD resolution, but leaving it at 480. I don't know. Is it maybe it's the film buff in me or like kind of the original aspect? Um, I, I, I love that. I mean, I, I get angry, not angry, but I, I get disappointed uh, when they show non HD footage on like documentaries that were originally four by three and then they blow it out to 16 by nine. Because you're cropping mm-hmm. the top and the bottom off to blow it out to 16 by 9. And everything was framed in the 4 by 3 days to fit well in a 4 by 3 frame. So when you blow it up to 16 by 9, you cut the bottom and the top off. You're losing right. something that the director wanted in there or framed it out. Or people just look too close. And it's disappointing. It's like there's nothing wrong with having black borders on the left and the right. There used to be a time when on our 4 by 3 TVs, Grandpa wouldn't let us watch letterbox movies because he thought he was missing something because there was black bars on the top of the bottom and now it's the opposite now there's black bars on the side left and the right and that oh we gotta blow that out so we fill the entire oh it pisses me off did you hear about the recent disney plus simpsons fiasco i did and that is probably like the one and only reason that i would get disney plus is just to have unlimited access to all of the Simpsons material at any point. But when I read the articles that said that they kept the 16 by nine copies that they played on, I think they played them on FX. I was like, well, uh-huh. that, that's ridiculous. That doesn't make any it's, sense. Yeah. Like there so are, Disney there actually are... turned around and said, well, okay, there's been enough demand. We're going to release this and you will be able to choose 
in all of those early episodes, whether or not you want them in four by three and 16 by nine. So I'm still waiting for that. It doesn't like but. that content exists because they were all <laughs> released on blue or DVD. Probably a lot of them were released on Blu-ray like that original source material exists. But it also made me wonder uh, because when FX would do their marathons, I would also get excited for those. Like, oh, I'm just going to watch Simpsons all day. And then I turn it on. I'd be like, oh, they blew it out to 16 by nine. I don't want to watch this. <laughs> Those, the ones that I did watch were also the syndicated versions, which had two to three minutes of content cut out so they could fit more commercials into the syndicated copies. Made me wonder, (laughs) like, is Disney Plus showing the full episode or are they showing the syndicated episode, which is missing a few minutes? Well, I think after the backlash, they're definitely going to be showing the full episode and they're definitely showing, like, you have the option of four by three, but I don't, I don't know. That's an interesting question. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, I, I heard about that. And I was like, that's just, oh, it just turns my stomach. Stop doing that people. Yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah. Original aspect ratios for the win. Yep. Okay then. Well, or even like uh, Stanley Kubrick shot on 16 by nine, but intended his frame for four by three because at the time, he intended it for a television watching audience. What was that? So when you're watching those films like The Shining. Really? That or, was intended for four by three? It was intended by four by three. So if you watch it in 16 by nine, you'll see that nothing ever happens outside of the four by three frame. Oh, interesting. He shoots it in such a way that you don't see the boom mic or anything like that, you know, because he was going to be uh, presenting it on film when you first saw it. So it was, when you saw it in the theaters, it was 16 by nine, but he shot it in such a way that when you saw it on four by three, that was his actual intent. Interesting. I'm going to have to rewatch the shining now. Yeah. In, in both aspect ratios. I, uh, you'd have to like go through his catalog and figure out which movies he did it for. Uh, I think it was one, the shining was one of them by, by eyes wide shut. Uh, he was not doing sure. that anymore. Yeah, I think I read somewhere that um, uh, James Cameron did the same thing, but he shot, I feel like for a couple of movies, I don't know about Terminator or, I can't remember what movies, but I feel like there was a few movies he shot, he shot in four by three, but made sure that no action happened in the top and the bottom segment and all the action happened in the 16 by nine portion. So that when it was cropped down to 16 by 9 for the theater, you get the theater experience. And when you watched it on a TV, you would get more, but you'd get more on the top and the bottom. Mm-hmm. I would have to look up, A, if if I just made that up. I feel like that's too accurate of something for me to have made up. But uh, I'd have to look up what movie that may or may not apply to. I feel like Terminator 2, maybe. Terminator I, I 2? I own Terminator 2 in like four different Blu-ray copies and each one is a different ratio. Yeah. I, I don't so there, there, there's like at least three different ratios of Terminator 2 out there. I don't know that any of them is more correct than the other one. Um, obviously, some of them show more of the frame than others. Yeah. I could, couldn't tell you. Then you got the, the going back to Dark Knight Returns or Dark Knight Rises, whichever, whichever the second one was with the Joker, mm-hmm. where he shot scenes of the film in IMAX and so the if you watch the blu-ray the the frame fills the screen until it doesn't interesting so any of those IMAX scenes fill your 16 by 9 and then it goes back to the uh the the smaller widescreen ratio yeah uh, the, the the wider one what are the panavision whatever yeah. they call that yeah one 
point seven eight to one or something like that. Something like that. I I don't remember what it's called, but yeah. Yep. All right. Well, there there you go. That's uh, that's what we think about Star Wars. I never even saw the movie. What movie? I don't know. Mm. Star Wars. What's it been? Episode nine. What's this all been about then? I've just been reading articles <laughs> and reciting what I read. Yeah, everything I said, I read off of some guy's blog post. <laughs> uh, oh, I didn't say any women hating things because that would have definitely been on one of those blog posts. Oh, jeez. Uh, well, uh, there was a lot of, I guess, I, I'm not, I don't follow those circles, but the internet tells me that there was a lot of Ray hate. And I'm like, really? I I didn't know that. I thought Daisy Ridley was fine. I thought she was great. Good actress. I thought, yeah, yeah I, I had no no problems whatsoever with her. Like I said, I had no problems with, with Rose. I guess the only female character I had a problem with was probably Holdo, but that's because she was poorly written. Ray was easily the best character in this trilogy and probably the best handled character like the 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 she she has a story she does and some sometimes she doesn't necessarily have an arc within one film but you know we're following her story and daisy ridley does a great job and that's the best part of the her and kylo are the the two best parts for me yeah i i agree <laughs> with you on ray i feel like again it's not uh what's his face adam driver's fault he's a fine actor but i feel like his character is is too wishy-washy and i feel i feel like him and hux were just like you if you were in a military organization and you saw what unfolded between the two of them and last jedi you'd be like why are we following these two clowns (laughs) it's true (laughs) um maybe you would you would be intimidated and afraid of him in the first movie oh i guess that was the other thing that I felt was unnecessary was when uh, they they say right in the crawl like Kylo Ren's gone crazy trying to find the Emperor and destroy him to prove that he's the supreme leader or whatever it says and then they they zoom down to a planet and Kylo's just like killing people I was like okay I I guess we get it he's a bad (laughs) guy and I felt like that was to be like because he was kind of like oh you and I Ray like we could do great things together and they were trying to, it felt like Ryan Johnson was trying to uh, give him some, well, give him some depth of like, I'm not just evil. I, I have, I have emotions. I have feelings. I, I question what it is I'm doing. And when they start this movie, he's just like full on killing everybody. <laughs> Kill the past. Rebuild your helmet. <laughs> yeah. So I suppose, supposedly that planet where he's killing everybody is the Darth Vader lava planet from Rogue One. Hmm. And the one where he also gets, he has the high ground, or Obi-Wan has the high ground. I have the high ground, Mustafar. Yeah, supposedly. That's the other thing I started watching uh, the other day was the the mashup, the edit of the first three movies. Uh, I think there's multiple versions. Apparently Topher Grace made one that's 85 minutes, which is supposed to be super uh, cohesive. Um, The one I found is two hours and 40 minutes, and it's called like Last turn to the dark side or something like that uh in which they salvage the they salvage six minutes out of phantom menace and then they go right into clone attack of the clones (laughs) i've Uh, seen something like that yeah yeah and i think it's got about 40 50 minutes of that movie and then the rest of it is um all revenge of the sith see if i was editing those together i would probably keep six to five minutes of 
the Attack of the Clones, it being the worst one. Yeah. Well, so a lot of people were like, this is a great cut. It's a great edit. It makes so much sense. And I'm trying, I'm watching it. And it's really difficult. I found it more difficult to watch having seen all of the original movies multiple times and then trying to watch this cut. And I, I'm like, I, I get what they're going for. They're, they're cutting out all the cheese, but I feel like they're just like moving too fast in this edit. Like, um, but Star Wars is cheese. You can't cut out the cheese. Yeah, but I mean the exposition of like there was like no Senate stuff. <laughs> <laughs> At least for the the 40 50 minutes I watched. I'm sure later on there'd be a scene of um of the senator throwing all of the Senate that was a cool scene when he's throwing all those Senate seats at Yoda or whoever he's throwing mm-hmm. them at. Um, but again, they, they kept the scene where they're fighting, like all of the Jedis are fighting in attack of the clones. Oh yeah. And I, and I fell asleep. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they, they cut all like the, when C like they cut C3PO's antics out. Remember when he's like, he, they, he goes into the droid factory and like, uh, comedy ensues they cut all of that out but they get them to that planet to rescue obi-wan and then all the jedi show up and then there's lightsabers everywhere and i fall asleep and and i wake up and and we're in revenge of the sith i was like i guess i'm going to bed now (laughs) (laughs) speaking of lightsaber fights in rise of the skywalker i didn't like either of the lightsaber fights one the one on the the one on the death star just went on for too long and i was like okay get it over with this is taking too long. And then the other one, when they're in the Star Destroyer and Kylo is actually on the smuggler's planet and they're kind of like, they're doing that thing where they, they communicate with each other. They're in the same room, but they're not really in the same room. Yeah. I was like, you can't do a lightsaber fight in the middle of that. It doesn't make any sense. Most of that didn't make any sense. The other thing that I thought that was maybe a little misused was Evil Ray. Evil Ray was another thing that had potential, but they didn't do anything with it. Like she had a cool lightsaber, like a little fold out, yeah. like butterfly knife lightsaber. And obviously, well, maybe not obviously to me, it was like, this is a possible future. But yeah, they, I mean, again, given enough time and enough like pacing, you could have done elements of that evil Ray in all of the movies and then it could have been a big deal in this third movie and she overcomes it and saves Kylo and blah 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 blah. but we see her and she's like oh, I'm evil Ray now I'm gonna walk back in the corner we're done with that yeah moving on <laughs> it would have been nice if like in this movie Kylo turns good and Ray turns evil and Kylo has to rescue Ray from the dark side jeez oh, I mean but uh, uh Kylo had to die it's yeah, it, yeah. He, he still dies yeah okay i like that i like that i like that quite a lot because then it subverts all your expectations of like oh my god this is really dumb kylo just turned good and ray turned bad but then <laughs> to turn that on its head and have him rescue her from the dark side sacrificing his life in the in the uh, in the process yeah i that that would have been an that would have been a good end and much better than the i'm gonna heal you and now you're gonna heal me and now you're dead <laughs> dun, dun, dun. oh well so I, I hear there's going to be another trilogy of movies, but it's going to take place thousands of years before all of the Jedi stuff. Meh. I think it's called like High Republic or based on some, I don't know. Does Ryan Johnson still have his own trilogy or are they, did they cut all ties? Oh, they, they took that away. This was the trilogy that the Game of Thrones people were supposed to get, but. Oh, that's, I th- they took that away from them. So somebody else is going to do that, but not them. I, I thought they 
decided they didn't want to be involved. And I thought they backed oh, is, out. Is that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> and really, okay. I feel like I feel like Star Wars is probably toxic. Like I feel like the shows are pretty safe, but I feel like anything movie related is probably pretty toxic. Yeah. Right. Because like, you like can't it. please anybody. You've potentially got actors that get, I mean, uh, um, what's her name? Uh, Amidala was blacklisted for movies for years after the Star Wars trilogy. Remember when like Star Wars books would come out and it was the most exciting thing and everybody loved them. And, uh, those were the days. Well, they, comic books they have a whole new cycle of books all those old books throw them away yeah I those know. aren't canon just they're garbage they don't count don't even <laughs> read them it's all about the new stuff and there goes there's all sorts of new books did you ever read the timothy timothy zahn dark force rising series yeah i i, I, I read those ones those are the ones that were those were the first ones so they were very exciting yeah those were those were those are good those are great actually i started i listened uh last year I listened to the the first two of those on audio, mm. and uh, they don't hold up. Mm. They're not that great. The stories are still really good, okay. but the writing is not great. It gets better in the second one, though, so I feel like, I, I mean, I, I think he's been a writer who's been around for a while, but oh, yeah. it's, it's very, uh, it's very kind of, I don't know, simple writing, I guess. It, it doesn't have any of the craftsmanship of like a really good writer. It's more of just hack and slash, but the stories are still very good. And the characters that he creates and the character and his, his writing of the main three characters, Hanley and Luke are fantastic. He's, he's it's still very good. Yeah. I gotta, gotta listen to the audiobook of the third one this year. Well, you're not really selling that I should check out those audiobooks. <laughs> so well, I probably I think won't part do of the that. problem was that he uses said so much. So it's like when you're listening to an audiobook, when you're reading a book, you don't notice that much. But when you're hearing it, da 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 da, Han said, da 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 da, Leia said, da 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 da. It's just like, I know this sure, is supposed sure. to be unabridged, but abridge some of it. Abridge <laughs> <laughs> some thus. <laughs> yeah. All right. Adam, I, th- I think it's time. Yeah, we went on too long. This is obviously our last Star Wars episode ever. Probably. That's not true. <laughs> we'll talk about something else Star Wars related. Maybe for, not for film related, though. For a while. Yeah. I started watching uh, Star Wars Resistance just to see if it was any good. I watched the first two, two, two or three episodes. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's interesting. Um, it's interesting. I have trouble like going back to it. Like Clone Wars, I kind of binged. And Rebels, I binged each season as it came out. Uh, I highly recommend Rebels, I guess. that That's the most Star Wars-y of them. I started um, watching Rebels. I'm about halfway through the first season. It's hard to good. It's hard to get attached to any of those characters, but I'm working on and, it. And it, it makes you wonder because you, when you get into like the third or fourth season, you see a lot of the Mandalorian people, and they don't wear their masks all the time. So there's this whole, like, why do they wear their masks all the time in The Mandalorian? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, they, they, and do I really care? Yeah. They kind of talked about that in the Mandalorian that, um, what is it? Uh, it's not a race. It's, it's a religion. It's a way of life. It's a way of life. I think is what they said. Right. So whatever, whatever the Mandalorian are now spun out of the Mandalorian, whatever the Mandalorians were then. So yeah. it's more of a creed. 
and yeah. less of a people. Again, I don't really care. But it yeah. sure got the internet like, well, what about Boba Fett and Oh, uh, yeah, there's speculation Fett. that Boba Fett's going to be in season two of Mandalorian. I'm like, no. Yeah. Just let it go. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. There, I, it was funny. There was so much clickbait after every episode. Like I'd go onto Facebook <laughs> and it'd be like, five things you didn't notice in the latest episode of the Mandalorian. And I'm like, is baby Yoda, the child of Yoda and Yaddle? <laughs> I didn't see that one. Um, oh God. But I definitely saw like, Oh, and then there was another one that was like, like five reasons baby Yoda doesn't live to rise a Skywalker. there's no way i've seen all the material there's no way you can draw i didn't read the article but there's no way you can draw any of the conclusions you're about to draw so Uh, i skipped on that one as well it's funny number one he wasn't in the rise of skywalker (laughs) therefore yeah i love the fact that everybody calls him baby yoda sort of naturally like i didn't realize i i started calling him baby yoda immediately oh yeah and then to learn that it's like a meme I was like, oh, that's awesome. Everybody thought the same thing. Baby Yoda. Yeah, it's totally Baby Yoda. I sing Baby Yoda to the Baby Shark song. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. So anyways, yeah, let's wrap this thing up, Adam. All right. Uh, Until next time, my name's Adam. And my name is Jeremy. And the danger room is closed. My name is Baby Yoda. (laughs) 